0: When it comes to living a healthy life with diabetes, one of the greatest tools is education. Today on The Pulse, we discuss the immense difference Yukon Health's Diabetes Self-Management Education Program can make. This is the Yukon Health Pulse, a podcast to help you get to know Yukon Health and its people a little better and hopefully leave you with some health information you'll find useful. I'm Chris Francesco. Now, we're not breaking ground by stressing the importance of keeping diabetes under control. But in order to do that, you first have to acknowledge you have diabetes. We're joined by three experts from Yukon Health. Nurse practitioner Larissa Glynn is a coordinator of the Diabetes Self-Management Education Program. And two Yukon Health endocrinologists, Dr. Parvati Matavan and Dr. Pooja Luthra. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Let's start with the underdiagnosed aspect of diabetes because it's hard to fight an enemy you don't know you have. Uh, Dr. Madhavan, tell us a little bit about that.
2: Oh, um, that's a great question. So, first of all, we know that almost one in ten adults in America have diabetes. But almost a quarter of them don't know that they have diabetes, which is a big number. And almost one-third of adult Americans have pre-diabetes. And although, again, a lot of um, the patients with prediabetes do not know about it, there is some improvement. In 2008, almost 6.5% of those diagnosed with those who had prediabetes knew about it. But by 2020, this has improved to 17.4% of people with prediabetes who now know that they have prediabetes.
0: So we're catching it at almost a three-to-one rate compared to how we used to. Yes. So that's progress. Yes. So let's talk about prediabetes and it, what is that and how do you know if you don't have diabetes, if, it's, if that's hard to find, how do you find what comes before? Like, can you explain how that works?
1: Yeah, so it is uh, difficult to know in terms of symptoms. When patients have diabetes, we know that they may have some symptoms that may present with. If the sugars are really very high, then patients may present with uh, unexplained weight loss. They may be going to the bathroom a lot for urination, or they may be very thirsty. However, prediabetes is a silent condition. Most patients have no idea. So we recommend that... uh, Uh, If you have risk for developing diabetes, and those risk factors would be if you're overweight or obese, if you belong to certain ethnic groups uh, like the Asian, South Asian community, African Americans, or Hispanic community, then your risk of having prediabetes may be high. If you have a family history of diabetes, or you have high blood pressure, high cholesterol, um, if you had gestational diabetes, or diabetes that was initially diagnosed in pregnancy, all of that increases your risk. So if you have those risk factors... um, you probably want to talk to your primary care physician about getting screening blood testing done. And prediabetes can be diagnosed in a variety of ways. Sometimes you can do something called hemoglobin A1C, or glycated hemoglobin, that's a blood test that measures the glucose content in the blood or you can do a fasting blood glucose, and then some people do uh, other testing or more you know, sophisticated testing to diagnose it. So it's basically diagnosed on screening testing because it's otherwise a silent condition.
0: Okay, I, I'm going to go back to in a little while uh, the implications of what diabetes can ultimately do, especially if it's not treated or managed. But before we get to that, let's talk about what happens when you do have it and you do want to manage it, the education portion of it. Now, Larissa, you are the program coordinator for UConn Health's Diabetes Self-Management Education Program. And explain how that fits into someone who has diabetes, how that can help manage the disease.
3: So, uh, Chris, keep in mind that um, diabetes impacts a person in many areas of their lives. And successful self-management involves knowledge across a broad range of topics. And a person who participates in diabetes education can be empowered to take control of their diabetes by gaining the knowledge and skills to manage their condition effectively. Our diabetes education program provides information and training regarding healthy eating, benefits of exercise, and how to get started with a regimen blood sugar monitoring or continuous glucose monitoring, if that's more appropriate, medication management, and coping strategies. We also take great pride in helping women with diabetes prepare for pregnancy.
0: Now, getting back to when we talked about the path from prediabetes to diabetes, and then it's somewhere along that way, the person finds out whether he or she actually has it. And then that kind of sets on the trajectory of how to manage it. At what point on the prediabetes to diabetes spectrum, and we're talking type two now, right, adult onset, Mm -hmm. at what point along that spectrum, do things start to become irreversible? And is there a point where if you get to the prediabetes stage, you can kind of stop it from progressing and kind of revert back to more of a healthier place?
2: So diabetes, pre-diabetes, and even insulin resistance, and sometimes some other conditions like PCOS, they all fall into the box of metabolic syndrome. And uh, in most cases, you can go from one end of the spectrum to the other end with lifestyle changes. We try to aim for a five to 10% body weight loss when um, someone is diagnosed with metabolic syndrome, and with great medications that we have available now that will also help with weight loss. Sometimes, even if you have the diagnosis of pre-diabetes with adequate amount of weight loss and exercise, you can go into the pre-diabetes or even insulin-resistant end of the box. But many a time, after prolonged, say several decades of having diabetes, sometimes the beta cell function, which is the, the part of the pancreas that's making the insulin, can deteriorate. And at that time, patients can develop a need for or insulin dependence. Okay. But A lot of time, even patients who are on insulin with a good amount of weight loss can decrease
1: the amount of insulin that they're using. The risk of going from prediabetes to diabetes is a continuum. And any time when you have substantial weight loss, there can be improvement in the uh, glycemic control and the blood sugar control. I also want to point out that even though um, the blood sugar control may get better, the risk of dying earlier and having cardiovascular events and stroke... continues to you know it's, it's also across the continuum. So it's very important even if people have pre-diabetes that one not only did they take good care of themselves and help to lose the weight to reverse that condition, but having pre-diabetes also puts people at risk for having heart disease and stroke just like somebody who would have diabetes. So it's important to pay attention to this condition and not take it lightly because these are serious health issues.
0: Now, do you find, and this could be for any of you, either in the diagnostic portion, the treatment portion, or the education portion, what do you find the biggest challenges are for patients? What do they say are their biggest challenges to try to, because there's obviously a level of discipline that's involved and self-discipline that's involved and managing and a lot of lifestyle decisions that need to go into this to maybe not progress down that continuum, as you were saying. But what are some of the biggest challenges that you hear from your patients?
1: I think it's, as is true with any chronic disease, having um, you a know, chronic disease is difficult to deal with. Especially with diabetes, it takes into account a lot of things that uh, an individual has to manage on a daily basis, including not only making sure they're making good food choices, making sure they're exercising regularly because weight loss, as we all know, is difficult to achieve. So being very disciplined about weight loss, monitoring their food choices, and then regular follow-ups with physicians or uh, their, uh, you know, other providers. That um, also involves discipline. Monitoring blood sugars, um, you know, that's also one thing that people say that their fingers hurt because they've been monitoring their blood sugars for so long. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, we have had a lot of technological advances in monitoring diabetes, and now we have continuous glucose sensors that people can wear on their body, and that measures their blood sugar every five minutes. Um, And then obviously, as Dr. Madhwan pointed out earlier, we have lots more medication that are helpful in improving their control and also helping with weight loss. Uh, So we have a lot of um, treatment options in our armamentarium of treatments.
3: You know, I agree with Dr. Luthra that there are day-to-day decisions that our patients that are affected by diabetes have to make. There's also a psychosocial and emotional component to all of this. And being aware of that piece, uh, not just with diabetes, but this is with every chronic condition, and especially diabetes. Taking the guilt off of their shoulder and really tackling in moving forward uh, what they have to adopt in terms of the uh, self-care behaviors that Dr. Luther has outlined to, to gain success in um, not only improving their diabetes control, uh, but their overall health. Any person that is a participant or able to participate in a diabetes education program could reduce their A1C by a half of a percent, which is just as good as medication in some instances. Yeah, and adding
2: on to that, it is very difficult to have a behavioral modification without an environmental change. So it really helps when family members are also involved in the care, uh, the person who's cooking um, in the house is able to come and meet with our nutritionists as part of the diabetic ed- Education oh, Program. I could
0: see how that could be very important.
2: Um, could then learn how to make uh, better food choices for the whole family. If another family member is also coming to our education program or even to come to see our endocrinologist, we always counsel about exercise and diet. And if another family member is also involved in doing that, then the environment changes and it's much more easier to implement that behavioral modification. Whether it's a partner or a child or whoever or a friend, if someone else is also doing the exercise, it becomes much more easier to go along with it.
0: We're actually just about out of time, but I wanted to ask before we say goodbye, anything else specifically UConn Health offers, either through your program, Larissa, or through the endocrinology practice, that folks should know if they're listening and like, oh, you know what, my, my brother looks like he could probably benefit from giving UConn a call. Like, what's something that we could leave that person with?
1: Um, so, yes, please make that call. We are here to help you, help you navigate this uh, challenging chronic condition. We will be happy to partner with you to help you, empower you, to be able to live your best life and li- live a long, healthy life. So, yes, please make that call to us. Obviously, if you are seeing your primary pr- care providers, please reach out to them, make sure they test you to see whether you have pre-diabetes, can you start implementing those changes early on, and if you have diabetes, what medications and help with the adjustments in the medications that we can make for you. As I had mentioned earlier, there are a lot of new medications now, which have a lot of exciting data about not only weight loss, but also treatment of cardiovascular disease, kidney protection in patients with diabetes, and we will be able to to help you navigate all the medications that are out there for your care.
2: And I would just like to add that when you are coming to see the endocrinologist, we not just manage your blood sugar. We also take care of the blood pressure and the cholesterol. We um, also, you know, evaluate um, foot care and discuss that with the patients. And if um, there is a threshold um, that we are, you know, screening you for diabetic kidney disease, we have all the specialties at UConn, uh, which including, you know, retina specialists, nephrologists, podiatrists who all are involved in care of a person with diabetes, neurologists, all those specialities are available at UConn and we uh, refer them when the time is correct um, to have all those aspects also taken care of.
0: What is it about diabetes care and education at UConn Health that makes it stand out?
3: So at UConn Health we have a comprehensive program that offers both individual sessions as well as group sessions. Our team of experts is comprised of certified diabetes care and education specialist, and we provide personalized care to the patients with diabetes that we're working with. Our goal is to improve um, the immediate health of our patients and to teach them the skills to remain in good health in the long term.
0: What is the best time to be referred to a diabetes education program? That's
3: a great question. When you're first diagnosed with diabetes, Uh, Is a very important time to uh, get a diabetes education referral. When new complications arise is another time that it would be important to meet with a diabetes educator. Any time that your diabetes treatment is changing and anytime you're not meeting your treatment goals,
0: all right, and how is one referred to UConn Health's diabetes education program?
3: So we provide diabetes education not only to patients established here at UConn Health, but also from the community. In order for us to provide our service, we do require a referral, and you could find a referral in our UConn Health Diabetes Education Program webpage.
0: Right, we'll have the links and all the information in the notes of this show, so we can retrieve. Best way to get that information, how to contact you, and then more information about the program in general, and some other helpful links that you're going to provide for us as well.
3: Thank you so much, Chris. And I I really want to thank you for the opportunity to highlight our program. And and for those listeners with diabetes, um, we look forward to working with you.
0: Excellent. That's Larisa Glynn. You are an APRN and coordinator of the Diabetes Self-Management Education Program at UConn Health. And we also have heard today from Dr. Pooja Luthra and Dr. Parvati Madhavan, who are endocrinologists at UConn Health. That is the time we have for today. I'd like to thank you all for joining me again. For Dr. Madhavan, Dr. Luthra, and nurse practitioner Larissa Glynn, I'm Chris Francesco. Thank you for listening to the Yukon Health Pulse. Be sure to subscribe so you can catch us next time, and please share with a friend.